starting things too early, you know, like I kind of uh, rushed the gun a little bit this season, which kind of put me behind. I took like a risk at the beginning of the season in May. I was like, all right, I planted out all my trays. And uh, and then there was like one final frost, which pretty much killed everything and kind of set me behind, which I it took me like a, like a, like a week or two to figure out that like, yeah, these sprouts aren't, aren't popping, you know? So that was kind of like a little bit of a setback. I mean, I guess like the things that I would say that aren't working well are kind of the experiments, but I mean, it's all like trial and error, you know, you live and learn, I guess. And, uh, you just learn from your mistakes as long as you learn from them and don't make them again. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. You'll come to your farm to help and to wander. Me and the family, a truck and an RV, send us a message and This is the Farm Hop Life podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt DeRosier. Tonight, my guest is Generous Farmer. He hasn't been into farming long. He bought a farm after COVID happened with plans to go full time if he was ever forced to get the, you know, the thing. Uh, He never got fired. And now he has two jobs building a farm business while working full time. Uh, How are you doing tonight, man? Good. Appreciate uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listener. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, I've actually got... You're, I think you're the first person uh, people have requested. Um, really? Yeah. They're like, when are you going to get Generous Farmer on? I was like, I can reach out uh, if his DMs were open. Huh. <laughs> and, and then so after you uh, you started following me, I was like, there it is. And then uh, off I went. So No way. I can't believe that. Yeah, man. Um, the, just, just following like your Twitter, like you get a lot done being all on your own. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of impressive. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, obviously, awesome. I still work full time, you know, but just kind of, I kind of, uh, after uh, after work every day, um, just kind of do a couple hours worth of work around the farm, and that's kind of been what all what it's been taking. You know, people are always asking me like, "Hey, how early do you get up in the morning?" But it's just like, nah, I usually go to wake up, go to work, and then just do some projects after the fact. But I'm just consistent with that, so I sure. guess the the motto would be uh just being consistent kind of doing as little bit every day kind of makes a big impact i would say right right well so so you bought your first farm when covid started but like is that your you just getting right into like farming and homesteading then like have you any any prior experience no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I did do a little bit of gardening. I grew up in like a suburban neighborhood, so I have like a little backyard garden. I've always kind of been like, uh, um, 
like uh doomsday prepper type oriented you know just like always yeah. kind of prepping for the apocalypse or not you know what i mean but like kind of like cheek, 2012 yeah, yeah. was coming around and or uh you know just like it was uh yeah i always had to be prepared for things but so i kind of always wanted to uh learn how to grow my own food so to speak but then when covid happened it was kind of just put me into a a scenario where I was like, I, this is kind of what I have to do. I felt like, so then I just kind of put some of my finances in to starting this up. Sweet. So, um, did, like the whole property was what you bought when COVID started or you already had the property. No, I completely bought this property. It was kind of like perfect timing if you think about it, because like COVID happened and like, uh, I mean, like the lockdowns and stuff like that happened in March. And then this property became available after being foreclosed on for two years in June. And I bought it within like nine days of it being on the market. So like not many people even found this. I mean, like, it, I mean, it's a 10 acre property kind of like in the middle of like a suburban neighborhood. So that's Mm. kind of uncommon. But, um, and then just like in, I'm in New Jersey. So, um, uh, somewhat of the bigger properties are always like upwards of like 300, $500,000, but I got a nice deal on this property. Sweet. dude. It's kind of in my price range, my affordability, you know? And then, so, uh, go sorry. ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just, uh, saying, so then I just decided to. I kind of say I sniped the deal, you know, just put all the my eggs in one basket and then just uh, made it happen. Nice. That's that sounds perfect. Like <laughs> it's it's pretty cool when people, you know, are able to like thread the needle just based on like sheer basically chance or luck or yeah. whatever you call it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um so with things getting weird, is that uh what's motivating you to grow your own food? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely right. I mean, uh, that's one part of it. But right now I'm also kind of focused on just creating another source of income, you know. So, I mean, I kind of have like a dream of the property kind of being like self-sufficient to the point where it's kind of paying for itself. And I'm that's kind of my main goal now is to kind of have the property kind of pay for itself and to the point where I could uh, live and eat for free. So that's my first goal. Sure. And then I see a start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's a reasonable goal to make that happen and uh, just kind of just trying to get my name out or organically, you know, and uh, to the point where people just spread the word and saying, Hey, I know this cool uh, organic type farm and Woodbine, you know, just uh, go check it out. And uh, so, I mean, it's been pretty successful so far. I mean, like uh, it's, I'm kind of, taking a step back from like uh making things so urgent you know to the point where i can kind of take my time with things and i kind of don't like to pressure myself in the getting you know what i mean like getting things done like i have to get it done by this time so i mean especially now that the fact that my uh job has allowed me to stay on board without um you know what i mean getting the the thing (laughs) the thing yeah 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 um Let's let's talk a little bit about what you've got on your property. Um, so, like, you started with nothing, obviously, or did you yep. like, bring chickens or something with you? 
No, I, I actually bought some chickens right, like, uh, I guess shortly after, like, right after the pandemic started. Like, I was like, at least I can have some eggs. So I ended up, uh, it was actually not allowed in, like, the suburban neighborhood, but I did it anyway. I was like, who's going to really say something? You know what I mean? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Somebody's going to say something about the chickens. So I bought some chickens, but uh, because uh, at the end of the day, all you need is uh, some potatoes and, uh, like, a potato and an egg a day to survive. So that sure. was, like, half the half the battle. But um, so I bought some chickens. So I ended up moving them to this property. And uh, but the, when I bought the property, it was foreclosed on for two years. So it was all completely overgrown, mm. you know, so there was like trees and saplings and like all that growing on the property because it wasn't mowed for like two years. And uh, six acres of it is cleared and then uh, four acres of it's wooded. And then uh, so I, I first started when I bought it just got like a, a brush mower and just started clearing the property and I was working on that like all winter and then in the springtime I was I had a greenhouse built and uh one of those farmer friend greenhouses 100 yeah. by uh, 16 foot they're, they're, I mean they're pretty good for the for the money and uh just decided to uh just jump into it and just um well, another big part I definitely need to give some credit to is uh never sink farm um, I don't mm. know if you're familiar with him, but I've seen I him on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely learned a lot from him. Like he's got a course and, uh, definitely wanted to start off on the right foot with not making too many errors, you know, like a lot right. of trial you know, uh, errors and trials. Uh, so, I mean, I, I felt like the first season was last year and it was, I felt like it was pretty successful. You know, I, the crops that I was growing all ended up looking pretty healthy. So kind of just uh and then this was my second season but i was gonna say it seems like you're you're working hard but you're also being patient which is like the perfect the perfect combination just lots of hard work but you got to be patient at the same time because man it's very easy to just be like why isn't this like ready yet or yeah you know i'm so far behind like patience patience yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's kind of fits my, uh, my personality, you know, I, I kind of don't, I, I like kind of, uh, appreciate like just being more so laid back with certain things, you know, and just, uh, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, you can kind of, uh, create the response that you can give to certain situations that have to you. So, I mean, just, just in a sense, like holding that power over the things, you know, just not letting them get to you or. You know, just not stressing out about things like you have the control to make those type of, uh, you know, things happen for you, in my opinion. No, agreed, agreed. Um, so you've got so you've got your chickens, you've got your greenhouse. Uh, didn't you buy like a cow? Was that just, just this year? What was it? You bought a cow? Oh, yeah, Josie. She's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, uh, she's out back. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about getting into uh, uh, the next year. I kind of want to be able to do some dairy products. And then, uh, so I, I built, like, a little roadside stand. So um, any of the people, like, uh, there's thousands of people that live in this neighborhood. So if they want to get some, any type of fresh uh, dairy products or flowers or any type of produce, they can kind of come to my place. So I'll put like a little refrigerator in there and then next year with hopes of like 
selling like butter and like maybe like cream cheese and maybe ice cream and things like that maybe even milk but it's actually i'm in, from new jersey so it's actually illegal to sell raw milk but i can always sell for uh pet products you know what i mean there you go exactly exactly there's always a way around it this is dog friendly ice cream i don't know what you're talking about exactly but yeah so i mean i mean one big thing that uh i really appreciate that's kind of like silly is uh from the cow is just the manure that she creates, you know, just, um, so that's one thing I was diving into recently was making my own compost. So I'm real excited about trying that out because I'm sure, you know, that compost, like good quality compost is pretty expensive. Yeah. I think you posted a picture like yesterday or today or something like that. You like turned in the compost with your tractor and yeah. Yeah. Just using, I bought like a little Kubota, like BX two, three S and, uh, so, I mean, that's definitely, I feel like, kind of helpful with, uh, like, overturning the compost frequently mm-hmm. and oxygenating it and things like that. So, it's definitely, I, I can't imagine doing this place without a without a small little tractor. Oh, for sure. Do you, yeah. did you buy that used or did you get that brand I, new? Uh, when I bought the property, like, uh, Kubota was running a really nice deal, um, like, a 0% interest rate for, like, uh, zero, and then, like, no payments for, like, three months. So, I ended up, I'm always attracted to things when uh, things are being sold at 0% interest. Yeah. So, I hopped on that deal, and uh, so I bought it brand new. That's freaking sweet. I was wondering about that. They always have, like, some some reason Kubota has, like, the best financing of, like, their, yeah. I don't know, just they just make it so easy for yeah. homeowners and homesteaders and entry, like, level, like, farmers to get started with uh, machinery, so. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was another, re- I mean, that was another thing I would say, like, I mean, when uh, COVID happened, the interest rates for the houses all ended up dropping, so that was another thing that kind of uh, led me to uh, be able to purchase house i got a really i mean i pretty much nailed the bottom of the the market with the interest sure. rates for the house too and now they're up like probably like five six percent now so i can't imagine buying a property now right you know so i mean it was just kind of a, everything just kind of lined up <laughs> you must uh you must feel pretty blessed then to uh, oh yeah for sure have what you yeah. have you have to appreciate all, all those small things you know but now, now I'm just trying to take it to the next level, you know, and uh, just that's kind of why I named the place um, Generous Greens. And then uh, just trying, uh, I mean, my goal at the end of the day is after um, all the finances are taken care of is to try and like give back to the to the community, you know, and just like right. whether that's like donating food to churches or things like that or food banks, you know. So that's kind of like my end goal, you know, when I kind of... Uh, hit the hit the goals you know right yeah it's like uh in permaculture return on surplus yeah yeah i mean i'm sure you know i just you, know, you can produce a lot like one person's able to produce a lot of food like if you think about it mm-hmm. like i think like the statistics are like what like a couple like one or two three percent of the country produces like pretty much all the food for everybody right yeah it's, it's pretty crazy yeah um, do you have like a, let's say like a plan or a design some, that you're trying to stick to for like your property or, you know, do you have like specific methods or techniques or practices? Um, so, so it's definitely like a no-till, like I kind of follow in Connor's footsteps, Connor Crickmore from Never Sink, uh, like as far as like the no-till type, uh, aspects. So 
I mean, that's like uh, one big thing. But I mean, permaculture, I'm sure, kind of, uh, I mean, has its place in that type of uh, farming technique. You know, the point where you're using outputs of one plant or species and it's the input of another plant or species. Like I was saying about the compost, you know, so yeah. I kind of my goal is to pretty much just get self-sustainable to the point where I don't really need to keep importing stuff to the farm and uh, just kind of make it self-sufficient. So like that's when uh, uh, that's what that's kind of like the goal, you know, and uh, so I mean, I recently just put an orchard on the farm and so I, nice. i'll be in a, I'll, I'll be fertilizing that with uh, the compost that i'm creating and then i'll be using the compost in the beds you know for when i do like bed flips and things like that what did you plant for uh your fruit trees um so i bought some like uh, nectarines and some apples some cherries some peaches some plums Sweet. and uh yeah, so I mean, like I had a spare area on the property, so I was like, I might, might as well try and make this work for something, you know. And it was just that's kind of how I shoot sometimes, just like off the hip, you know, just like oh, I'll do that. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> but it's kind of been working, you know. And yeah. then, uh, so I mean, like now that that's kind of out of the way, my next couple of things are maybe maybe get some pigs or um, some bees. That's kind of the route I might shoot for next year, and uh, just slowly over time, just build it build out and as, as long as like uh i keep having the time to create new things here you know just like and keep expanding i'm sure you know that farming's like kind of like endless like you'll never pretty much be done with it right done with it, you know but yep. there's always a loose end to tie up for sure yeah so but, sorry uh, i was just gonna say talking about like um trying to make yourself self-sufficient so like how I'm curious how you've thought about um, closing some of those loops, like, you know, feed for your cow or um, feed for the chickens or anything like yeah. that. No, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, um, I know a lot of people uh, in like the carnivore type movement are like against feeding chickens corn, but obviously I think corn's kind of necessary to feed chickens. I mean, like it's like one of those easy things to, so, I mean, I, um, so like one of the things I was kind of hoping to focus on this year, which was kind of unsuccessful was like, uh, growing more corn and, uh, just kind of processing the corn. But, uh, Jersey, believe it or not, even though it's the garden state had like kind of a unexpected drought this season, mm. like we really didn't receive much rain, like all summer, like maybe it rained, like maybe once or twice or three times, maybe max. Like I felt like this whole summer which is really strange for Jersey. So, I mean, like a lot of corn's grown like out in the fields without irrigation. And uh, so I ended up pulling my irrigation early in the season out of the corn once it was established. And pretty much I had somewhat of a crop failure on the corn, mm. which was kind of like my goal this year to produce a lot of corn to the kind of, and then process it and then have feed for the chickens. So, Next year, I can learn that lesson that I'm going to leave the irrigation and then at least probably water like once or twice a week just to kind of make that happen. But as far as Josie goes, um, she's got about like three acres right now of grass and she's just a single cow. And uh, besides the drought, like I remember last year, which was my first year here, like the grass like literally grew nonstop. 
like I, I remember like uh, cutting grass like at least like once a week. Like that's how quick it was growing. But right mm. now, like I haven't mowed my lawn in probably like a month, maybe. That's a and, big difference. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a big difference. So I, I mean, it's it was kind of so bad that I started irrigating her pasture, just to uh, get the grass, to encourage the grass to grow, just right. so she has feed going into uh, the the winter, you know. And then obviously I'm going to supplement her with hay, but uh, um, I'm going to try and get as much. Uh, I'm going to let her graze down her pasture first before I. I mean, she always has a bale, but I'm going to, before I really start feeding her hay on the daily, because I feel like she eats about like a half a bale a day, like, mm. so, you know, I, has the potential to, but I mean, I'm thinking about, uh, the in, inside of the fence, like she's outside of the fence. So I'm letting the grass grow inside of the fence and then I'm just going to, uh, let set up like a little temporary, uh, electric fence. Like once we enter the fall and uh, then I'll let her eat all that up first. So, so you're kind of doing like a intensive like paddock shift, paddock rotation for her? Or? Yeah, that was kind of the goal. So she's got three acres and then like I have it split up into two, uh, an acre and a half like each. Like it was just easy to the point where she her shelter is like in the middle and then her water's in the middle. And then I can just section off one side mm-hmm. to let her graze in there. And then when I want to irrigate and uh, let her graze in the other path, like I just all I have to do is just... Um, you move the electric fence, which is like, takes me like less than five minutes. Mm, nice. But right now I let her, uh, I mean, since we're in September now, September 1st, uh, I opened up the whole pasture to her and I don't think she's going to be able to eat, um, all the grass. I think the grass is still kind of growing slowly, but, um, I, you know, so she'll sp- like sporadically like eat the grass and then there'll be other grass growing the point where uh i don't think she, i think she'll be able to have the grass grow and create a and then ha- be able to eat well until maybe hopefully october or so so sure would you so you're bringing in hay would you consider like if you were whoever you get your hay from right for like a trade f- something from your property to the guy that gives you hay like do you think that counts as being self-sufficient because you're not like just handing him money like you're just bartering for hay no i mean that's a great idea i'm not um the place i um get hay from uh, he does like uh christmas trees and stuff like that too but he's got like the best deal and he's kind of kind of local like he was just doing like three bucks a bale um i'm not sure like how much it costs uh where you're at but i mean that's pretty uh pretty cheap in my opinion you know i think so it sounds cheap yeah. So, I mean, uh, but I mean, that's a great idea. I've never met him. He's kind of has like a contactless type setup too, where you sure. kind of just come by you know, on the honor system. Gotcha. Where he's Maybe got he the, needs compost for his trees. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good, a good point. I mean, right now, since I'm like still, uh, um, setting everything up, I feel like I could probably, and I'm still expanding and I'm still like, uh, putting more rows out. So I kind of, I'm going to probably be using most of the compost like for the, for probably for like the next year or two, but Josie does uh, produce a lot, you know, so to speak. And uh, (laughs) so, I mean, eventually I'm going to end up having a a surplus of that, but uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm sure you know that uh, it takes a little, 
bit of time to get the things kind of established around the farm and then oh, uh, yeah. and then eventually then it kind of just takes off almost exponentially yeah like if i can't kill it for the first two years i'm probably good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yep. let's talk about a couple other things like that have worked well for you do you have like a specific uh breed of chicken or that like you know does well for your area or um you know because because you guys are humid out there aren't you like yeah definitely i mean we, our, our winters aren't really too bad i mean uh, it kind of drops to like the 20s or so in the winter but i had uh i overwintered some uh silver wine dots and they were okay in the winter and uh, that was kind of like a breed that was like uh somewhat okay to uh um like uh, being in cold temperatures, I did just recently get uh, some ISA Browns because mm. uh, they have higher egg production. I think they lay about like 318 eggs a year, which is like almost like an egg a day if you think Holy about smokes. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 80 percent or you know 85 percent or so. So we'll see how they do because my the chickens I have now kind of dropped off a little bit. I'm not too sure what happened with them, but. I got like 20 of those and uh, they've lately only been laying about like three to six eggs a day. So I don't know if they're, somebody was saying that maybe they're getting ready to go into the, like a malting or right. just getting into winter type of preparation. But I mean, I can't really, uh, so I, I need to up the egg production going into next year. So I purchased like a, 30 isa browns so i don't think that's going to be a problem going into the future i mean that should be like 12 dozen a week almost so that'll be a nice you know whether yeah it'd be like i'd sell them about like uh five bucks a, a dozen sure yeah what uh how's your farm stand doing um it's going pretty good you know um i set things up and then i have like flowers in there i got watermelons in there and then i have like cucumbers tomatoes and potatoes and just things like that in there and uh i mean nobody's stolen anything yet so which which i mean it's not really i mean if it if it did happen like i was i'd be like all right well obviously they needed some produce so they can have it you know what i mean but uh, i mean every time like i notice something's missing like i go check the box and there's money in there so so it's doing pretty successful um i work at i manage a supermarket and uh we're about to get rid of some like standalone uh refrigeration cases so i talked to my boss about taking some of those and uh just me i was thinking about maybe putting one of them in the stand and i can put like uh like bag salads and stuff like that so the name of the company is generous greens because i mean obviously farms make probably the most gross profit on greens and uh but uh i really haven't stood behind that too well because, I mean, if you think about it, if you cut down some uh, greens and you put them in your stand and then the heat's getting to them, they all end up starting wilting. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I want to make sure people get like high quality stuff. So I kind of been, fo- like this season, I focus more on like the things that uh, can stand the heat or last a couple of days, like potatoes, tomatoes, cucumbers, things like that. But eventually I want to get behind the greens, you know what I mean, more so. That'd be a sweet setup. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Do you, so being at the supermarket, are you able to take like the food waste and bring it home? 
So right now we have like a setup with uh, pig farmers, which are like a local pig farmers. And uh, that we have like we put a lot of because obviously like uh, the trash companies charge you how much like weight you're pulling out of there. So a big part of the waste is um, like a food waste. And uh, pig farmers come by and pick that up. But okay. if I really had to, like if I decided to get some pigs, I'm sure my boss or wouldn't care if I pulled some of that food waste out. I could probably take as much as I wanted to, you know, but um, I, I obviously I would need like a truck or some way to transport that from my uh, from the market to the to my farm, which I'm not capable to do yet. But down the line, I mean, I'm sure that's possible to take the food waste out like my associates at the market always uh take the plastic off and like all that so it's just ready to dump into like a pig pen so yeah. to speak nice so what, i mean that's definitely has potential for sure yeah what breed of pig are you thinking about getting um i, I know pot belly is not a good one <laughs> but uh I, it's I a classic like, american uh, pig isn't it what's that isn't uh is it the pot belly like this the classic american pig yeah, I think they're more so for pets, though. I, I don't think they're. I, I don't think. I think they're like maybe more greasy than like other pigs, but I think mm. like Yorkshire, uh, um, is a, like a potential pig, and then uh, I forget the other type of uh, pig that I was looking at, but I have it written down. But uh, I mean, just like the type of pigs that produce like good pork, you know, and uh, not uh, too, uh, I guess, demanding. I guess you could say, but. Sure. You know, taste taste is probably important, but uh, I mean, I know I know pigs obviously eat a lot, so I have to be ready for that type of a situation. I don't want to be able to. I don't want to have to make it cost like a, like I don't want to have to like you know what I mean like supplement them with foods, you know what I mean, so to speak. But yeah, I'll get there one day. I think I might end up doing bees first. Seems seem a little bit more simpler. I already got the flower field for them to eat. You know. There you go. Yeah, nice. What hasn't worked well? Like you said, like the corn failed this year because um, the irrigation got pulled early. But like, what you're like? Oh man, that kind of kind of messed up that one. Huh? That's a good question. I mean, corn was definitely one of the things for sure. But I mean, that was kind of a kind of a like an experiment, I guess you could say, but, uh, starting things too early, you know, like I kind of, uh, rushed the gun a little bit this season, which kind of put me behind. I took like a risk at the beginning of the season in May. I was like, all right, I planted out all my trays. And, uh, and then there was like one final frost, which pretty much killed everything and kind of Dang. set me behind, which I, it took me like a, like a, like a week or two to figure out that like, yeah, these sprouts aren't, aren't popping, you know? So that was kind of like a little bit of a setback. I mean, I guess like the things that I would say that aren't working well are kind of the experiments. But I mean, it's all it's like trial and error. You know, you live and learn, I guess. And uh, you just learn from your mistakes as long as you learn from them and don't make them again. But yeah. that was one thing. But uh, yeah, this, this season was more so like just building infrastructure. I feel like I had to put the fence up around the property, build a roadside stand and uh, greenhouses and things like that. So that was more so my focus area this year. So, but I mean, I, I felt like I did uh, produce a lot of food for, I mean, just for the season, 
just to continue get my name out. But my grand opening set for next season, next. Oh, month. gotcha. <laughs> what what makes it the grand opening? Like, um, like, uh, so I mean, I, I plan on having a. Uh, I mean, all obviously all the infrastructure uh, kind of set up by then. You know, like the processing. One of the greenhouses um, it is a Rimmel greenhouse, which I has like a like three bay sinks and like stainless steel like uh, refrigerators and things like that. And like it's kind of like the propagation type uh, setup where I'll be starting all the starts. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't set up last year, but that'll be set up. So I mean, I won't really have to focus on much infrastructure. Like next season, it'll be a. Uh, just straight to the races and just kind of just focusing on growing crops. And then another thing I want to focus on is just uh, having a lot of starts and like uh, more so like nursery type stuff, like mm. uh, pansies and like uh, impatiens and sun patients and like uh, started zinnias. And I think that and started tomatoes and peppers. And I think that might be a hit next season just being able to provide that for people like that want to start their own little gardens. I think that'd be like pretty successful. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the goal. I mean, uh, so we'll see how that goes, but the grand opening and then hopefully I might have somebody else helping me next season. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Just like, just like a farmhand or whatever. So, I mean, I was, uh, I met this one girl who, uh, who was kind of interested in the, the farm type life. So, I mean, uh, um, she actually lives on the opposite coast in California, but, um, we're hmm. actually going to meet, um, in like two weeks. So she's nice. flying out here. Yeah. So she's flying out here. And, uh, so, I mean, as long as all goes well, then, uh, hopefully, uh, she'll be around to, uh, help me, uh, just like weed and, uh, just prune and, pretty much uh another thing i would hopefully try to do would maybe go to like farmers markets there's a ton of farmers markets around me like i could be hitting them like constantly you know and i think that'd be a big source of income but uh yeah yeah i mean i I guess that goes back to one other thing that didn't go well this season was like staying on top of the weeds and uh pruning like i definitely got behind on that so that was something last year that I wanted to focus better on. And like the beginning of the season, I was doing it well, but they caught up pretty quick. <laughs> right. Yeah. They like miss one day and it's like, yeah. ah, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of funny that she's, uh, you got you guys, his first date, like is going to be like, Hey, I'm glad you're here. Let's get weeding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you in happy. or are you out? I need to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're going to work. But that was kind of one of the things that uh, I told her that we'd probably end up doing when she comes is uh, uh, harvesting some chickens. I got like some, I got like twenty uh, Cornish cross. Oh, nice uh, chickens that'll pretty much be ready to at wait or so to be ready for uh, like the same week she's here. So, gotcha. Yeah, even though she's kind of not against killing chickens, but she's like, you can kill, do the killing, but I'm gonna end up showing her how to uh, process them. There you go. Have you done it before? Yeah, I've done it uh, once or twice or so now. Um, I mean, that kind of goes with uh, like uh, being self-sufficient, you know. So mm-hmm. the win- like last winter, I ended up filling my freezer uh, full of like, maybe, I think it was just like 10 Cornish Cross. But that kind of lasted. I mean, like I'm a single guy, so that kind of lasted me like all winter, you know, just 
I have like I bought like a fifty pound bag of rice, and then I was just eating chicken and rice, and then beef. I like eating a lot of beef, so mm-hmm. but I'll buy that when it's on sale. But that's like one thing that I can't produce yet. But one day with you know if Josie produces a bull, you know, yeah, yeah, because you just had her AI, right? Yep. So yeah, so I guess we'll know if that was successful in like a a, a couple weeks. I think uh, the vet said about six weeks he'd pop back in and give her a little pregnancy test and let us know if she was confirmed pregnant or not. That'd be pretty cool. What yeah, is I mean, something I, I like so. AI cost? Like, what does all that cost? I don't know. Actually, the vet hasn't charged me yet, so I'm still waiting for him <laughs> to send me the bill. I'm guessing he's going to wait to the next visit or so and make okay. sure it was successful. Sure. But uh, I'm, I'm sure probably like a couple hundred bucks maybe. Probably like 200, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, I'm assuming. Because gotcha. he had to travel here and stuff like that. But I mean, right. she's kind of just a useless, so to speak, besides producing compost until she you, uh, gets pregnant. Have you tried milking her yet or no? No, I mean, she's a heifer. So she hasn't even uh, had it. She's only like a year and a half old. So, like, this is like she just started when I ended up buying her. Uh, she just started going into heat. Mm. So um, the dairy farm I got her from was like uh, was considering uh, um, AI in her and getting her, and then the point where I'd end up buying her when she was already pregnant. But they at, at a certain point in April they were just like, we got to get rid of this cow. Like, hey, he's getting too expensive, and we just need the money and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. Um, sign it up just buying her like uh when she just started but yeah can i ask what a dairy cow costs yeah she was like uh i mean transported from she um she came from maine um a dairy oh. farm up in maine um and then i live in new jersey so it was probably like a 13 hour drive or something like that so all said and done it cost she cost me like four grand whoa it's higher than I thought it was going to be. I don't know why. She was three grand, but it was a thousand bucks to transport her down here, which obviously I couldn't transport her. So that kind of had to, right. that was kind of like a prerequisite for right. uh, buying her, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I could see. I, I Yeah. That's, that's a long drive. I mean, obviously it's a two day drive for whoever does it. So yeah. But the people that brought them down were delivering other animals to other places. Like they had goats. It was kind of like Noah's Ark in there. You know, it was like they had goats (laughs) and like, uh, that's funny. I think they had other like donkeys and things like that. They had a huge trailer. So they were heading down south. So from, but so I guess they do that for a living. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely uh, necessary. It was, I mean, like I was saying earlier, that was kind of like a spontaneous thing. But uh, full respect, I'm sure you follow her. She was kind of helping yep. me out, guiding me in that whole process. She was like, my favorite type of cow was a uh, Normandy breed. And then I was like, all right, well, I definitely take your word for it. I need to find right. Normandy. And Josie was like the one Normandy. Like I searched like on eBay, and, not eBay, but like uh, Craigslist and like everywhere for like weeks and weeks. And and uh, this one dairy farm up in Maine was was authorized, like a Normandy breeder dealer, so to speak. And uh, so I was like, I have to have this cow. If it's not this cow, I probably won't have a cow probably for another two years. And who knows if I'll even be able to get a cow in two years, you know? Right. Since they're trying to ban cows all over the planet. Right. 
Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Um, what would you say has been the biggest challenge in farming you faced? That's a good question. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I guess like, uh, one thing I guess that I wish was like a little bit better was more so like, I guess like the outreach or like kind of like, uh, I guess, I mean, the community supports great, but you know what I mean? I, I wish it was like a, probably like a little bit better, but I mean, like I'm still like in the infancy stage. So, I mean, I can't expect like too, uh, too much, you know, I mean like year one, year two, I mean, so it's, I'm still kind of a, but I would say that's kind of like a, something i gotta work on like a little bit just kind of reaching out to uh maybe restaurants and just kind of marketing the farm so to speak you know right that's hard to do it's a lot of work yeah i mean a big part of it was like kind of uh having like uh the farm established and then having nice photos like i put nice photos on the website and stuff like that and i recently made designed some feather flags so people can kind of see like that hey we are kind of like a professional looking farm you know and yes. like aesthetics and stuff like that is kind of important to me too just to make like a, that was one thing that kind of uh made me uh be attracted to farm like i always thought like farms like could you know be like all disheveled and like you know messy looking but like when i was like when i seen like connor's farm and i was like wow farms can actually look like clean and like aesthetically pleasing like that was something that like kind of drawn drew me to it as well especially like the no-till type uh, practices right it depends but, on the angle of hmm. what what angle you're looking at on the farm like okay this part looks really good yeah just over here not so good yeah yeah that's kind of how it is right now you know just uh taking those good photos hence why i didn't take too many photos this season but uh right but I mean, like it, it was. It's good though. I mean, it's like I said. It's all just a learning, learning curve. But next season, next season, I got it. We'll be weed free and uh, we'll be weed looking free. pristine. Weed free and pristine. Yep. Um, are you are you looking for ways like you know like mentors or like teachers or like something to like help you get into those markets better or? No, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I do have people that are interested, you know, just like uh, just talking to friends and family. Like I, I know some chefs and things like that who have connections with restaurants. I think that that should be like a kind of like a focus area. I kind of might be uh, under like uh, not really focusing on restaurants. But I mean, I thought at the end of the day, that might be the the you know, the bread and butter, you know, just maybe even selling the restaurants. There's a restaurant right, a uh, couple, couple, uh, uh, right around the corner from me. Like I could walk to them, you know, or deliver stuff on my tractor to them. But, uh, I mean, I think that's probably something that could be focused on for sure next year. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, if you have multiple products to sell people, that obviously helps a lot. Whereas like we just have, you know, just an excess of eggs and at least 50% of them, I just end up like giving away. Really? So, well, yeah, just like, um, I just don't think a lot of people around me value. I mean, if I went like, let's say, I don't know, 
35 miles north or 35 miles south, I could like I would do better. But it's also not a huge priority for me right now, anyways. Sure. And like if I only have the one product, like it's kind of I don't. That's kind of the thing I'm running into right now. Gotcha. What state are you in? Montana. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So like um like bow respecter like we we talk every now and then and um she's not that far from me she's just wow like, yeah like eight nine hours i think something like that so, that's not bad yeah not bad not bad yeah so eventually we're gonna like meet up and i'm gonna see her like place and all its glory or whatever <laughs> so yeah she's got some big uh big projects going on over there dude I, it's, I was gonna maybe she, come out and she's visit insane. Her. you should yeah, you awesome. should definitely learning a lot from her i definitely appreciate her you know right she's she's like a wealth of knowledge you know i know it's so crazy yeah um what would you say the best part about farming is um i mean one big thing that just came to mind was just being somewhat of your own boss you know just not having somebody telling you what to do every day not saying that i mean like i'm a boss over at my other job but obviously there's um people above me over there but mm-hmm. uh that don't tell me what to do but um it's just uh just being able to uh do my own thing and just kind of well, a big part of it is just being like uh um just following my passion i mean and uh just like uh the point where uh just uh what should i say it's just just I always just follow like uh like if I don't feel like doing something one day you know I kind of wait for it to come up in in me to the point where I I want to follow through with that so to speak sure. you know like where it's just like all right well I need to weed but I'm gonna wait for the time to where I I'm in the mood to weed so to speak you know not saying that I have to do it every, that every day but that was kind of one of the reasons I got behind on the weeding but right. you know I I just let a uh, things i kind of let the I don't, I don't know what like uh i don't know what you would call it just like uh that creative energy or whatever just kind of guide guide me through the the farming processes like recently this week uh co- building compost and learning how to do that was kind of like on i guess like on the my passion level you know so that's what i ended up doing this week it was like one something that i ended up wanting to learn about and so i was focused on that you know right. i guess like a, it might be like obsessive compulsive disorder or something like that where you kind of just go from one thing to the next but that's kind of just how i've been letting things uh go and it's been working so far so i'm just gonna keep going with it good yeah um what makes a sustainable farm like we talked about sustainability and is it more than just um minimizing your inputs and like maximizing your outputs is that what makes it sustainable or is there more to it yeah i mean i i mean that's pretty much the definition of it you know to the point where uh just not having a can i mean like a big part of it takes uh obviously some of the income that i have from my off-farm job so i'm kind of trying to minimize that so i would say Mm -hmm. like being sustainable would be to the point where I don't need to do that anymore to the point where uh, I can uh, some of the outputs kind of 
cover the cost of like the inputs. Right. I'm not there yet, but hopefully within a year or two, I'll I'll be there. You know, that'd be pretty quick. I mean, that'd be really quick. <laughs> I think. I mean, anyways, there's plenty of clientele around here, so there's no reason for me not to be able to. You know, right. And then, uh, I mean, as things get established and my costs kind of go down, like I was hoping not to spend too much money this season and just kind of catch up on things. But uh, obviously there's things that I ended up buying, like Josie and things like that. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Poor Whoops, cow. I bought a cow. Whoops. Yep. But I'm Whoops, sure I bought bees and pigs. For a couple years. What's that? <laughs> Next year. Whoops, I bought bees and pigs. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I'd be surprised. I got four acres of woods not being eaten up back there, you know. Are you going to put the pigs in the woods? That, that was kind of the goal. I mean, That's I kind of want to set up like a, maybe a fence in there. And then I, I mean, they also will clear it out, you know, eat a, eat a bunch of the shrubs. And uh, so I'll have some clear woods after that. And uh, I'll have some pork. and um, So, yeah, definitely plan on putting them in the woods. Nice. That'll look. I think that'll look nice. I don't know if you follow uh, Josiah Young um, no. on uh, on Twitter. His um, he's got goats. Like his thing is like goats or whatever, and he always posts pictures of like goats like clearing out like all his overgrown oh, yeah. brush and stuff. I and uh, I think I might follow him, but I'm not too sure if I've seen too many of the photos that he posts. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, those things just like after two three days, it's just like all right, we're ready to go somewhere else, and he's like. Well, dang! I wasn't ready to move you yet. Dang, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, uh, that's definitely a yeah. Just utilizing the property to it's kind of max potential, I guess. Right. Make the animals do the work for you. Yeah. Does a sustainable farm tie in with a regenerative farm? Do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess, like, uh, what would the major differences be? Do you think? I guess um, that's a good question. Hmm. The regenerative part where like, I suppose it would heal the land. Whereas um, that that's kind of more of like, maybe it's not the main focus, but it's at least an equal focus or a focus. Um, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously having cows, like, I feel like that's, I mean, uh, having Josie is like a definitely regenerative, you know, I mean, like, I can't imagine like, uh, the pie, her cow pie is like, uh, not helping restore right. the, the, the land. And then even with the chickens and the chicken tractors, just, uh, I mean, every, every single time they tear up a, a piece of land, that I have them on, like, I just know that that's going to grow back, like, way stronger and way healthier than it was before. Like, I've seen evidence from it last season, like, the grass is greener, thicker, taller in the areas where I had the chickens last year, just because their, uh, um, their manure is, like, full of nitrogen, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's a big part of the compost now. But, so, I mean, definitely building up the, the land over time, like, that's something I think about often just like how great the the ground's gonna be like in the in the future this place used to be a farm so i mean the ground is pretty good right now and then we are in the garden state 
but uh so i mean everything's been growing pretty good here so i mean it was already pretty good ground to start off with in my opinion but it's just gonna keep getting better and better like i don't plan on selling this place forever you know right i'm curious if you've ever had a soil test done like to i see what did you have now. um I, I could probably pull that up but um anything specific you're thinking of no just curious if it yeah. like like nope everything looks good or like oh that's weird it's high in arsenic or, i don't know <laughs> i hope not i gotta <laughs> probably look at it but um long story short uh, i did have some tests done just to kind of get like a base um sample done when i first bought the property and then um probably like maybe next year i'll end up doing like another test just to see like what changed since i first bought it you know just like what what went up what went down right. so to speak and then kind of gauge it from there but i mean like it's all organic practices so i only use like organic type stuff like feather meal and blood meal and stuff like that when i'm flipping beds and biochar and so i mean like uh and then i'm using good compost so i don't think uh i don't think we'll be going backwards right yeah unless something like if like they spray over your house for something who who knows what yeah sometimes i see come trails but not too often <laughs> <laughs> oh weird there's a high amount of aluminum in my yep. in my soil that's i, I mean that. that actually is happening around around the country yeah yeah, I think um, there's a thing that came out recently, something like, uh, I think it was out of Australia. There's like a high amount of lead in like backyard chicken eggs. And really? I, 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 it was only a headline. I didn't read the article and people were pretty quick to, to, to dismiss it. Like, well, yeah, because the city or something, I don't know. Maybe there's like lead in the water that they're getting. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I just use well water, so I mean, like, I don't really, I only have like a sediment filter on it, so mm. whatever is underneath me is going on the crop. So, but I do need to probably, I should probably test that water to see, uh, see exactly what's in it or whatever. But I mean, I can't imagine it being too bad. But you wouldn't think so. Um, I tested my water and I got ten out of ten on iron. <laughs> really? Yeah, definitely irons in there. I mean, yeah. uh, what do you know about? I mean. Uh, as far as like iron goes, I mean, I can kind of tell that some, uh, some crops don't like too much iron, but some of them, it doesn't nothing. really matter. Huh? I, I, I know nothing about okay. the crops yeah, I was that just, need I iron. I was just wondering, like, I, I noticed like, uh, some, some greens and stuff like that don't like the iron, but some crops, it doesn't even matter. Like mm. cucumbers, I feel like might, even though it's drip irrigation, like, I feel like, uh, they might not appreciate the iron too much. Like last year, I had sprinklers on them, and it kind of looked like uh, the leaves weren't appreciating that too much. Hmm. But uh, most crops don't it seem like it doesn't really matter too much. But sure. that'd be like one thing maybe I consider uh, maybe sticking some carbon filters on there or something, just trying to get it as clean as possible. That's going to be a hurdle going into next year with the the wash pack station set up. You know, like. I mean, that's another part of the not processing greens. Like, I want to make sure that I have, like, nice, clean water and, like, not things that are heavy with iron and stuff like that before I start selling things like that, like greens and mm -hmm. that, things that need to be washed. Right. Yeah, I um, I was just trying to remember the levels, like, the actual, like, parts per million levels out of my, out of my well. It was so the safe drinking level 
established by the EPA is like 0.3 parts per million on iron. And I was at six, not wow. 0.6, six parts per million on the iron. And uh, oh my goodness. I know so it's a stupid high. I bought this like three stage water filter for the house. It was like 500 bucks. So not bad, but I was changing out filters, like my, specifically my iron filter, like every two months. Wow. And it was just like getting really, uh, really expensive. And so we finally bought um, a, just a dedicated iron filter and now it's down to zero. So that's really, nice. Yeah, but it's only it's only for the house. So, um, I mean, and if I have hose bibs like on the like spigots on the outside of the house, like it's good for that. But like where I have my hydrant out the yard, it, I don't think it's I don't think it works for that. So, huh? You have to send me what you got. I'll probably end up doing something similar. Yeah, sure. Not I mean, it's, it's pretty cheap and it's pretty easy to install. It's how I kind of got into like plumbing like learning how to do some plumbing so i didn't know how to do it before then now i yeah i okay i can hook up some lines like i had to redo when i we got that second iron filter like i ended up redoing the whole thing like it wow. took me all day to do it but i got it's it worth done it. so yeah it's important yeah 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 it drives me nuts when i like don't have like good water like i'll go to my parents house and then yeah gross this tastes awful because it's on oh. city water yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the most, I mean, at the end of the day, if you think about it, we're pretty much selling water, you know, just that's pretty much what the crops like 80, 90% are, you know. Right, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, however they filter it. Um, yeah. What would you tell people that want to get started farming, homesteading, anything? I would just say, uh, just jump into it, you know what I mean? Just to get a learn um right i mean as you go you know just like it's not as hard as uh you might think it might be you know like uh everybody always is like uh like i can't imagine having doing all that but i mean like just like i was saying earlier just a little bit every day is kind of just adds up over time and uh i mean you're everybody is a lot more capable at doing it than uh they might think they are you know that's true don't overthink it just get into yeah. it yeah, just start somewhere, whatever your wherever your passion might be, whether that's growing flowers or having some like a small chicken flock, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're going to make mistakes, but that's how you learn, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, touch on, like something that we like that we missed or something that we didn't uh, get to that you wanted to bring up? Um. Not too sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of went into this just to kind of uh, just all, you know, just kind of without any major plans or, you know, just to see like where it went, you know, yeah. like uh, kind of just. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, nothing off the top of my head. Um, I mean, I think we did cover a lot of a lot of topics, you know. Yeah, we did. I mean. There's really not much else I got going on at the farm, you know, I mean, at this time that uh, besides like really what we covered, like the flowers, like that's one big aspect. I mean, that's a nice gross profit type of thing that just kind of keeps producing and uh, um, cover the orchard and all Let's that. Let's talk about the flowers for a second. Um, yep. Do you, do you like them? How did you get into the flowers or do they, uh, are they just profitable and like that's why you like them? 
I mean, uh, obviously it helps the bees, so that's pretty important, you know, and then uh, eventually I'll have some bees, but I mean, uh, it, uh, they are definitely profitable, you know, and people love buying flowers, you know, like uh, one thing I always noticed at the, at the market, like all the, um, all like uh, the women and stuff like that, like buying flowers, like I always see them with flowers in their shopping cart, so I was like, so I mean, it just kind of was like an easy, uh, easy uh thing to provide for people you sure. know so i mean not to mention they're just beautiful to look at like i i, I just kind of appreciate just going out there and making bouquets and just being able to create them and i like having bouquets in the house and i like seeing the bees and the butterflies appreciating what what's there you know it's kind of like a kind of like a, I i like to say like heaven, heaven on earth you know just yeah. like where it really it's a lot, a lot of those aspects, you know? Yeah. I can definitely appreciate some like wildflowers, just like a, just a field, yeah. field of wildflowers, even just a patch, but uh, the yep. more vast, the better. Uh, yeah. I, I give people wild. props that can create that, you know, just like, uh, I feel like sometimes I, I throw seeds out and they like, they, they never end up doing anything. So, you know the people that create those wildflower uh huge rays like right. definitely uh i mean it, and you're really just being a part of nature when you when you do stuff like that you know just like you just see the ecosystem really um taking part you know it's just kind of being trying to be a part of the ecosystem and not against it you know right yeah but, uh, that's that's part of why i planted a clover uh lawn like, um, I mean, it's like clover and fescue, but clover for the most part, like takes over it. And like, dude, the bees, uh, this year were just like loving it because we had so much rain early on and then we got none. So That's it awesome. all died, Oh, <laughs> but it'll come back. It'll come back. I'm going to, I'm going to reseed it this year to make sure like, it, cause I got some like landscaping stuff to do or whatever, but, um, I'm going to make sure it comes back nice and strong yeah. next year. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, rain helps for sure. <laughs> rain helps. Yeah, and if uh, and not forgetting to set up the sprinklers, that helps too. Oh. Yeah, I yeah, got so lazy important. this year. Ah, uh, did you? Yeah, I did. I got yeah, you got, you got a lot going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, hey, I appreciate you you being here. I'll have a link to your um your twitter and anything else yeah. that you you want to promote what do you want to promote just your twitter i mean uh yeah i mean uh if you're ever in jersey uh swing down to south jersey you know just uh general screens and uh that's pretty much it and then just i'm on twitter but uh you know just posting pictures on there every once in a while but you know just doing my thing just going through uh this thing we call life right <laughs> right right yeah i've i've never been to jersey uh but i'm gonna have to stop sometime so yeah absolutely I think that's what kind of, I mean, like, uh, you, you kind of go from farm to farm sometimes, right? Uh, that's starting next year. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Definitely yep. keeping you maybe on the yep. to-do that's list. My thing. You know? That's my thing. So yeah. That's awesome. Love to stop by and check it out. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. All right. Good thank you for being you. here. Yeah, you too. Yep. Appreciate it. Take care guys. You too. Bye. See ya. Excellent conversation with generous farmer. He's got a great plan of working hard, but being patient. Thanks for watching, everyone. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share this video. You can check us out on the Fountain.fm podcast player. You'll love it. You earn Satoshis if you listen. And if you like 
what you're listening to, you can tip Satoshis, those free Satoshis that you got just for listening. As uh, content creators, we really appreciate that. Check out our website, farmhoplife.com. You can sign up for our email list or Telegram channel there to be notified when new videos, interviews, and podcasts are available. We are on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, and Float. You can email me anytime, matt at farmhoplife.com. Check out our 20 by 23 project where we're going to hit up 20 homesteads in the year 2023. I'm always looking for new people to interview. If you want to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or anything else, shoot me an idea. Fill out the form, farmhoplife.com slash guest. Go feed yourself. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. for Montana left family and friends all I got now is you we both got new jobs a host and a homestead thinking this was the life all that there'd be after our firstborn you had to stay home that's when the work got in the way for me well, I started Farm Hop Life. They'll come to your farm to help and to wander. Me and the family, a truck and an RV, send us a message and there we